This is the TRA Channel Podcast. Watch the opportunity with Trevor Clark, Mark Isles, and Tim Dillon. Hello and welcome to the TRA Channel Podcast. What's the opportunity? Uh, my name is Trevor Clark, and joining me as usual is Mr. Mark Isles from TRA. G'day, Mark. How are you doing? Not too bad, Trevor. Good to be here. Very good to hear. And uh, we have a special guest today. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Absolutely. Uh, my name is Daniel Bo Byers. I look after strategy for um, Datacom's um, Datacom Cloud division. Uh, we operate cloud platforms across Australia and New Zealand. And uh, we've got a very long relationship with uh, TRA. We do, don't we? We've been working with you guys, seems like forever. Yeah. It's been uh, five or six years now, hasn't it? Yeah, that's that's a- absolutely right. There you go. There you go. And so we've uh, we do a, an annual piece of research with with the team at, at Datacom and Daniel, and uh, uh, that often looks at cloud computing and infrastructure and where workloads are going and all of that good stuff. Um, we just come out with the most recent version, which is the fourth annual uh, report, um, and you've just put that out, correct, Daniel? Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. We are um, we're really fascinated in the the shifts and changes in the market over time, and um, you know once you've got a couple of years worth of of standardised questions plus um, you know hot topic questions, we start to get real insights as to where the market's going, and especially given uh, for those of your listeners, New Zealand's um, quite a small country, often gleaned as you know down the end of the world, um, we, we struggle to get um, you know, insights into to our markets. So uh, authoring and, and working with, with TRA to, to, to get those markets insights are really, really important uh, to us. It's, it, is, it is good because, I mean, I, I often get people um, bunch Australia and New Zealand together, um, which is, you know, it's it's fine. You know, there are a lot of similarities, but at the same time, there's a lot of differences between where people are at, some of the the more dominant industries, and and you know how they want to go about things. Particularly when it comes to those those key platforms for driving, you know, driving digital business and innovation and so forth. It's it's we think it's really important to to break things down further. And I'd actually say that across. Asia Pacific, where we work a lot, it's really important. You don't just lump everything together because there's the differences, the nuances are what's important. I think a lot of the time. Now coming out of the report, Danny, what what from the findings themselves? I've got a bunch of things which I can talk about as usual. Being an analyst, I'll, I'll go on forever. But um, what what was most interesting for you? What, what did you this year uh, in particular? What stood out for you as saying, well, actually, this is this is something we need to pay attention to as a as a as an organisation. Well, there's a couple of things, but just before I answer that, um, I just want to dig into your um, the commentary around the differences between the, the the two countries, because what we see is that from a, a technology landscape, this globalization of technology, mm. and so from a technology perspective, we see quite a lot of similarities, but mm. the cultural perspectives, the business priorities, the language used, the way um, organizations talk about themselves, that's where we see these really fascinating um, Mm. differences. And for instance, you know, one of the questions that we ask every year is the top three business priorities. 
Yep. Now, for Australian organizations, growth always appears in the top three mm. um, year on year. But for New Zealand organizations, customers always appear above growth. Yet in Australia, it's, it's the other way around, right? And we see this talking to, speaking to uh, the, the cultural differences between those two markets, mm. which, which leads me on to the sort of some of the really interesting shifts that we've seen. Now, in, in 2020, uh, there was a lot of focus on survival. Uh, mm. And actually, that was one of the questions, options we gave uh, uh, interviewees to, to choose. You know, it was about cost control. It was about survive. Mm. In 2021, and the, the, the data we're talking about here was very late 2021, so we class it as our, our 2022 data. Um, mm. And it's all about uh, risk management. Mm. And so what we're seeing is organizations coming out of this COVID sort of lockdown and, and, and looking at how do we operate and grow in, in, in a world with far more risks than perhaps we've acknowledged in, in the past. And so for both Australia and New Zealand organizations, risk management popped up into the, the top three business priorities, uh, which, which never has before. Hmm. Uh, interestingly as well, from a technology priority perspective, um, it was about cybersecurity, number one across both markets, you know, and, and not unsurprising given yeah. all yeah. of the cybersecurity, the state actor um, events that, um, that that we've seen. The other um, the the other one, the other sort of insight that really uh, stood out for me, and there are two that I'll I'll call out is um, one of the other questions that we ask is around skill set scarcity, where we every year we say, what are the skills that you're finding us hardest to get access to in, mm. in market? And uh, in 2021, uh, business analysts and project management are the number one and number two um, hardest to find skills. Um, mm. uh, and that's across A and Z, right? And yep. Digging into that a little bit more, we feel that we're on the cusp of this sort of hybrid project delivery, a, a little like hybrid cloud in some respects, where mm. previous years, it was all about agile, right? I don't need waterfall, I just need agile, I need scrum masters, I need coaches. Mm. And now organizations are going, oh, actually, <laughs> It, it doesn't kind of solve everything, but the market in terms of those project managers and, and business analysts, they've all retrained into Scrum and Agile. So we're seeing this, this disconnect in the, 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 the market. And we've, you know, I, I, I further test our analysis across my markets with, with customers and every single one of them like, we just cannot get project managers. Yeah. Uh, they, they're just rare as hen's teeth. The other fascinating one is in 2020, security skill sets were, were the hard, scarcest, you know, hardest mm. to find. In, in 2021, that dropped to number 25 on the list. Yeah. And, and what that tells me is that even though we see this a little bit of what I call hysteresis or, or lag in the market, that the market does catch up very quickly. So in the space of a year, uh, you know, basically, uh, 
uh, research tells us that actually the channel for security services has greatly increased and that customers, oh, yeah. Yeah. They, can, they can get access to the skills and resources um, that, that yep. they need. Yep. So uh, quite, quite, quite fascinating. Uh, and the last one, because um, there's a lot of really interesting insights is around, so there's a lot of data available in terms of um, cloud adoption. But one of the more interesting um, things that, that, that I, I find more insightful is we ask customers every year as to how effective they feel they are mm -hmm. in managing their cloud environments. Yeah. And um, what we've seen year on year is that from an operational perspective, customers um, are increasing in terms of their um, self-rated, and I'm careful about that, effectiveness <laughs> in operationally managing cloud. Mm. But across the other lenses that we ask them, and we ask them to think about their financial effectiveness, their architectural effectiveness, their people skills, their managing suppliers, um, they actually year on year are, 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 are decrease in terms of their <laughs> Um, self-rated effectiveness. And um, I'm not too sure if you're aware of the Dunning-Kruger effect. The Dunning-Kruger effect is basically says, when you just know a little bit, actually those of you with teenagers, which will, will understand this, right? One quick internet search and they're experts, right? So when customers- <laughs> Seems like the IT analyst were. That's true, that's true. That's right. <laughs> they, they know just a little bit. They're like super confident. Yeah, we've got this, this is fantastic. And as knowledge increases, um, actually, confidence decreases because people go, actually, it's a bit more nuanced than I realized. Actually, this is quite complicated. Um, but they, they do come out the other side. And so I expect, and what we see in terms of the difference between Australia and New Zealand is that New Zealand lags a year or two behind Australia. So New Zealand's kind of, you know, it was very... Um, New Zealand customers were very hard on themselves this year in terms of that question. Across mm. all of the other categories, they, they were much lower. Whereas Australia, I'm not too sure if it's, they're coming out of the bottom of that curve, mm. but definitely they're, they're, they're a bit further advanced. I, I, yeah, thank you for that. I, yeah. I, that last point around the, the maturity of managing the environment, I, I think there's a correlation if we step back a little bit between also the, the kind of state of maturity of, of cloud adoption in some ways and that we're moving we're starting to move on from a lift and shift phase where everyone was like let's just lift and shift it there into an, a real modernization phase where you start to actually look at the application go through your seven eight fifteen hundred r's i can't remember how many there are anymore you know and you actually look to 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 you know, modernize the application itself and and when you think about it in that way you start to go oh wow actually that's that's actually quite a lot can be quite a lot to do some things are very easy, but then there's a lot of, I call it heritage applications. We can use legacy if we like, but it's got its connotations. And there's certainly a, a, a big difficulty in that part of modernization. Um, and then obviously you have the, there's still in many ways the unpredictability of the the, the financial aspect of, of using different cloud platforms, yeah. um, which is still yeah, very I true mean, today. I think I think that's something that came across in the report as well, right? Which is, it's it's just a topic. 
everyone's talking about the cost of cloud because I've been doing it for a while. Now I'm scrutinizing it a little bit more. And to, to your point, Trevor, as well, I agree, you know, people have, they've got the heads around cloud because, okay, I know what cloud is, it's relatively mature, it's been around for a while, but now you made it more complicated. Now we need to understand containers. And then I was just starting to understand containers. And now I need to understand microservices. It's like you just keep making this stuff more complicated. So <laughs> it's that journey of your to your teenager analogy. I, I agree. It's like, you know, if you keep peeling the onion, actually it gets a little more complicated and nuanced as you go through. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's exactly right. And we're seeing um, a, a general shift in, in, and this is across a number of the questions we ask from a, um, the answer is cloud, uh, sorry, what was the question? Yeah. To a, um, these are the business outcomes that I want to achieve. Yeah. Help me understand how cloud can accelerate and, and enable me to get to those business outcomes um, yeah. faster. That, came, that did come out in the research for sure. I remember it, um, yes, there's a percentage of those who are saying our aim is to be 100% a public cloud hyperscaler and you know that's it. Um, but the vast majority are now far more uh, practical uh, or pragmatic when it comes to workload location. It's very much a, well, what do we want out of this application? Where should it run? Where's the best place for it? Um, and that's not always you know, a predetermined location. It may be you know, maybe a, a private cloud, it may be back into co-location, you know, it may be something running at an edge. There's so many different considerations there as part of it, which I think is good. Yeah. Um, one of the other things that I found interesting coming out of the research too was we still continue to see it. So when you step back from all of the results and you try and have a look at it, for me there was two major themes that came through, um, which I think is basically a lot of what you've spoken about, Daniel. So one was that operational excellence piece. We, you know, we, we, we know all of this stuff. We have all of these options available to us today. Yes, we're facing all of these threats. You know, so whether that's the cyber, you know, the security threat side of it, whether it was the pandemic stuff, and now whether it's inflation and economy and, and other things that are, that are happening, supply chain being a big one that's still coming through. Um, but it's about how do I do everything better now? You know, as Mark said, we've had experience with different platforms. You know, we're kind of going through a, this is our second time in or our third time in, some people even fourth time in with using things. And now it's more around, well, yes, we know how to do it. We know what it is, but we need to get to a best practice. We need to land on that. So that was one part for me was operational excellence. The other part for me, which I find, which we've tracked in the research over the years too, is that um, how innovative people think they are. Um, ah, the, the language of innovation. Language My favourite question. <laughs> yes, and, and without you know exposing too much of of, of of how we you know go to market with these things, those insights are gold for how a, a service provider um, expresses the outcomes for, for customers. Then we know for for our for Australian organisations. They self-rate themselves as incredibly innovative, and 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 so the language of innovation is is so important. Uh, whereas, and again, it's this this cultural difference. Um, and again, I think it's a maturity aspect, and where New Zealand customers are on perhaps that journey, um, not not as much, but but still year on year we're seeing an increase in in that yeah. um, you know, that use of those those words. 
I do think there's a great challenge yeah. question there for a lot of those people who self-describe themselves as innovators. I think there's some, don't get me wrong, I think there's some brilliant work being done and some people have done some amazing things, but at the same time, innovation's contextual. It's it's dependent on who's asking the question and, and, and who's, ask, who's answering it um, in many ways. But it is interesting, isn't it, that it's a good thing in my view, because we had that for such a long time, um, we, we had that issue of, you know, IT aligning with the business and IT just being a cost center. And that sort of conversation was really strong for a few years. Um, and now it's now it's like, well, you know, how do we how do we as the IT department drive digital business forward or, you know, digital education, health, government services, whatever it may be. Um, and I think that's a good change. You know, it's, it's definitely helped a lot of IT people go from being seen as the person who just does help desk into someone who can drive a business forward. You know, it's, it's quite a good sign, I think. Um, and the research reflects that too. So that's good. Yeah, and we're seeing it in a lot of our customers with even the adoption of, of, you know, product management methodologies inside customer IT teams that it's like the finance business partners, um, right? That we're seeing actually some of our customers with, with technology business partners putting them out into into the other parts of the business and going no actually this is about how we can enable you to achieve the business outcomes and there's that real shift from a i'm going to talk to you all about the technology to i'm going to talk to you about the business outcomes that i'm going to enable for you we've got the tech don't you uh, don't you worry um yep. about that Perfect. All right. Well, let's let's finish up there because otherwise we'll keep going and going and going, and we tend to do that. Um, so I'm going to call it. Dave, thanks so much for for joining us today. Before I do let you go, where where can people get the report? Where's where's it available? Right. So if you go to datacom.com, so it's a website, and um, go into the services and cloud, there's a um, a link to it, and I'll also send you both a link to put into the show notes if you like to. Um, We'll get access um, to that. The, um, the, the the last thing I'd sort of end on is um, you know, touched on supply chain, mm. and I had a I did a presentation for government last week, and I talked about supply chain and the um, some of the world events that we're seeing, and how neon gas is so important for semiconductor manufacture. Yet fifty mm. percent of the world's supply of neon gas actually comes from Ukraine. Mm. And it's really fascinating that actually the supply chain issues that we've seen, um, there's some real risk around that side of yeah. things. So yeah. even while our survey said sort of 37, 40% of customers, or uh, survey, um, people we surveyed are, are worried about supply chain, I actually think that's gonna increase significantly over the next wee while. So it's sure. that's fascinating. You guys can weave that in if you want or not, but. <laughs> well, it's all in now. It's all in now. Yeah, that fractious supply chain conversation is, is a huge one that I'm seeing wherever I am in Asia at the moment. It's yeah. um, it's definitely a big topic. So, Daniel, thanks so much for joining us today. It's great to have you with us, and hopefully the report does a lot of wonderful things for you. Um, look forward to to the fifth edition in, in another twelve months. Uh, Mark, as always, good to chat. Thanks for joining me. Pleasure. Great to see you again, Daniel. Thank you, team, and thank you for being fantastic partners over the last four years. It's our pleasure. We enjoy working with pleasure. you. 
Yeah. Thanks very much, everyone, for listening. I hope you had a, a great week. And as I said, we'll drop some of the links for the report and the research. Um, feel free to reach out and, and have a chat to us or to Daniel if you want to have a chat further about what's been happening and, and you know, what they can do for you. Um, this was the TRA Channel Podcast. What's the opportunity? Thanks very much. We'll see you next time.